Hello, this is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the program today. We're kicking off a new series today. I talked about it on our previous segment, so if you didn't get a chance, listen back at that and you'll find out why we're entering into this particular series that we're calling the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. Somebody said, faith? You going to be talking about faith? Yep, going to be talking about faith, but don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about Faith from the aspect of, okay, finally, you know, I can get all this money that I've been, been, been believing God for. Where is it at? I'm going to get my money. I'm going to get my watch. I'm going to get my this. No, I'm not coming from that angle. I'm coming from the angle of we're going to talk about different aspects of the faith life, and we're going to go from A to Z. Okay, y'all believe with me. We're going from A to Z, talking about different insights, different aspects of the faith life. As God reveals them to me, I'm going to reveal them to you. And... Why are we talking about faith? Because that's something that seems to be very important to God. In several places throughout the word of God, there's this particular saying, it's a quote from the Old Testament actually, and we find it at least three times in the New Testament, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Okay, so read Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. Go ahead and jot that down. Also, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 11. And then go ahead and hit Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. So several times throughout the word of God, the Lord is bringing the emphasis back to the fact that if you're just, that means if you're a Christian, because the just are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. That's another word that's referring to anyone who has allowed Jesus to be Lord and Savior of their lives. You're a Christian. You're born again. You are the just. And God says that the just shall live by faith. So it do us good to find out some stuff or to remember some stuff that we need to know so that we can walk this faith out, faith life out to God's pleasing. Oh, not to mention in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So see, we're going to talk about that and we're going to kick it off today with A. What can we talk about that has the, the word that begins with the letter A as it pertains to us living the faith life? Well, the word for A is anchor. Hmm? Anchor. God's word provides for us an anchor for our souls, for our minds. See, we live in a world where there's so many things changing Somebody said, the only thing that ain't changing is the fact that everything changes. Hey, man, that's deep. You got to think on that for a while because it's real true, too. You know, (laughs) everything around us, you can't predict. You can't count on something staying the same all the time because things are changing all around you. So it becomes imperative that we know how to maintain our equilibrium, maintain our balance in the midst of the storms of life. See, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, Hebrews 6, 19, and I want to encourage you actually to read from verse 17 through 20. Hebrews 6, 19 says, which hope we have, talking about the word of God, the hope of the gospel, we have it as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. Okay, so it's talking about the word of God acts as an anchor for us. And God's word has been that for me over the years. It's become hard for me to even imagine how 
I would do life without the anchor of God's word as my comfort and as my guide. You know what I'm saying? See, storms come upon all of our lives. It doesn't take, well, it don't matter if you're a Christian or not. Storms are going to come upon your life at some point. And I don't know, I, I, I ask sometimes, what do people who, who have not accepted Jesus as Lord, what do they do when hard times hit? I be trying to remember, what did I used to do when, when times get hard? I ain't know nothing about, I wasn't trying to serve the Lord or nothing like that. Well, I think I used to drown myself in music. That was one thing I would do. I listened to some real cool instrumental jazz or some, some, some pop and R&B, you know, for hours. Uh, wow, some people, well, they go to the liquor cabinet or, or you know, or find some relief there or, or do drugs or something like that. You got to do something, right? But you know what? One thing that I do remember about when I would go get my albums out <coughs> and I listen to my music hour after hour because things are going so crazy in my life, even though the music sounded good, and it would chill me out somewhat, right? You know, the thing about it is that the music lacked substance. I mean, the type which would offer me hope in the midst of my dismal situation. I didn't find that in my music. I didn't find that in my music. You won't find that in, the, in, in, in alcohol or whatever else you might be trying. It might soothe you for the moment, but it won't really give you any hope. See, when a, when, when, when a storm is constantly raging in your life, and perhaps you've even stepped out to trust God to do something specific for you. When that happens in the storm all around you, that's when you need to grab hold of God's word. Get you a concordance if you don't have one, if you need to do that. Get you a concordance and find what God says about your situation. What has he promised to do in the situation that you're dealing with right now? Find those promises Read those passages. Begin to meditate upon his truths that address your situation. See, this will cause you to remain stable and it'll, it'll keep you secure. And it'll enable you to continue steadfast believing that what God promised, he will also perform for you. Let me leave you with this one last scripture. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. So how are we going to be steadfast? How are we going to be unmovable when stuff all around us is crazy, storms all over the place all the time? We grab hold of God's word and we make his word the anchor for our souls. Okay? God bless you. Thank you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. One of the exciting times of my childhood, you know, and for all of us, my two older sisters and my younger brother, was when we were preparing to go to travel to see our great-grandfather. Yep. See, we lived in North Carolina, and our great-grandfather lived uh, in Virginia. I guess it was probably about a four-and-a-half-hour drive. Of course, to a child, a four-and-a-half-hour drive seems like forever. Well, it was so exciting when Pop would announce that we're going to go see our great-grandfather. And I remember it so clearly. The day before our departure, maybe a couple of days before the departure, my dad, he would do a number of things to service 
our car. I mean, he'd take it in for a tune-up. He'd change the oil. He'd change the oil himself. He'd, he'd make sure the radiator had enough antifreeze and water in it. He'd go and get the tires balanced, and then he'd make sure that they were properly inflated. Hey, he'd fill up the gas tank, and, man, he'd even make us clean out the inside of the car. You know, all the McDonald's cups and trash and carrying on and stuff. We had to clean out the inside of the car and, and then help him to wash the outside of the car. You know, as a kid, you'd be like wondering, Dad, why? Why is all of this necessary? You know, you don't say nothing, of course, but you just wonder, what in the world? Well, the reason is pretty simple. He wanted the car to be in the best possible condition that would enable it to meet whatever demands were placed upon it along the journey, right? See, he wanted our car to operate at its optimum potential, to be able to perform at its best. He wanted to ensure that the car, as much as he could anyway, he wanted to ensure the car against any failures on the road, like like a tire blowing out or <clears throat> the air conditioner not working. <laughs> now, see, I got a question for you, okay? When did he do all of these things to the car? I mean, like, did he wait until we were two hours into our journey to stop by a, you know, auto service shop and get all these things done? Followed, of course, by a trip to the do-it-yourself car wash where we had to all get out and help wash the car. Did he do that after we started the trip? No. What if we'd have run out of gas before we stopped to service the vehicle? Hmm. Somebody said, where is he going with that? <laughs> well, unfortunately, many of us do this very thing when it comes to our faith life. Let me tell you what I mean. We pop out of bed and immediately we engross ourselves with the information that's coming at us from all around the world. I mean, we're checking email, we're checking Facebook, we're turning on the news, we're, we're all these things instantly. It's, and then we take off to work or to school with like a great sense of urgency to begin putting out fires and, and meeting all the demands of the day. And oftentimes, you know what happens? We find ourselves later on in the day either running hot, you know, like the radiator blows over and runs hot, or completely out of gas. <laughs> so what am I saying? I mean, we're talking in this series about the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. Well, what I'm encouraging you to do through this illustration and everything is that I want you to form the habit that before you get started with your day, you check in with God. So you may have had the wrong perspective about something last night when you went to bed because of all the influences that hit you yesterday, right? You might be thinking wrong. Your thinking might be wrong. And you wake up. See, if you wake up and you make it your first priority to get before God, then he has a chance to correct what may be of wrong perspective that can get you in some trouble if you make some decisions based upon it. See, seeking God first gives him the opportunity to break you out of the routine of life, which, which, which we all settle into and which is by its very nature, can never bring about anything different. If you always do the same thing every day, then don't be surprised because nothing really changes. 
we wake up and we're like on automatic pilot. We think the same way that we've been thinking. We look at the same things that we usually look at. So we make the same decisions that we normally make. And all of that just holds us right into that same low level of dissatisfying, kind of dysfunctional living. God is calling you to the faith life. Somehow you got to get some new thoughts going on in your brain. And what better opportunity has God given us than if we start our day with him? Dog, I feel like I'm advertising for some Cheerios or something, huh? Start your day with a nutritious breakfast. No, 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 no. Okay, hang with me now. What better opportunity do we have each day when we wake up if we will put him first? See, the word of God says in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. So see, God has given us the opportunity to every day, before we get started on the journey of the day, to fix ourselves up, to get ourselves prepared for whatever the day may, may, may bring our way, right? So <laughs> the B we're going through the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. B is for before. So before, even before you get out of bed, see, even before you get out of bed, maybe get quiet before God. Let God talk to you. Let God work with you. Let God get you conditioned and tuned up for the day. Right. You know. I'm not even talking about having to make some regimented time of one hour of Bible reading before you can do anything else in the morning. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm simply talking about forming the habit of allowing your loving Heavenly Father to be the first one to have time in your mind with each new day. See, there'll be some times where he would just want to just get a fresh perspective on things over to you. Or he might want to warn you against a certain decision that you're planning on making you know, for that day, or he might just want to pack your bag with a good helping of encouragement before you go out into the day. See, B is for before. Daily give your attention to God before you give it to all them other things. Okay? That's what I got for you today. I'm thanking God and I'm thanking you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. So if you didn't listen to the previous series, uh, segment in the series, make sure to go back and listen to the A. We're going on through the A to the Z. All right. Larry Hunter, five minute inspirations, wishing you a most beautiful day. And let me hear from you. OK, I look forward to that. God bless you. Bye bye. I want you to think back with me. Do you remember ever being in a situation where you had a particular obstacle that was just right in front of you, right in front of your face? It was looming over you. It was so big. Or maybe you had a whole lot of different things just going on all around you. It's like, man, what in the world? I need some relief. What's happening here? You know, you could everywhere you looked, all you saw was another obstacle, another issue. Well, somebody said, hey, I'm going through that right now. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Stay listening. Stay tuned in. OK, I got something that's going to help you today. Well, it's at those times that we especially need to be aware of the presence of God in our lives. Right. I mean, we need to be aware of his presence to the degree that even though we have the obstacles all around us, we have a greater sense of God's presence with us. And he's going to help us out of this situation, right? <laughs> you know, I remember, I, I remember back, you ever played hide and seek before? 
hide and seek? I believe everybody listening to me has played hide and seek because that game probably got started. When do you think it got started? Hey, it probably started that game in the 1300s. Every little kid knows how to play hide and seek. That's a part of, that's a crucial part of, of, of uh, our development, you know? That make us turn out all right. If you ain't played hide and seek before, then you might be missing a few screws. Oh, excuse me. Let me stay on point. Let me stay on point here. You know what I mean, right? Everybody's heard of hide and seek. And with that game, the op- the objective is pretty simple. Whoever is determined to be it had to follow a simple instruction. This person had to turn around, cover his eyes, and then count to something or count down from something. When we used to play it, we used to have to count down from like 30. Lord Jesus, that was hard. <laughs> That's hard. It's hard enough to count up to 30. And now I got to count backwards. You know, you be mixing and everything, leaving out numbers and carrying on. But but what happens is while you're counting, now you done turned around, you're covering your eyes. And we used to always go to a big old tree and go turn into the tree, cover our eyes and go to counting down from 30. While that's taking place, then, you know, you had about nine friends, your friends all around you. Well, their job now is to scatter. They're going to scatter so you can't find them. So when you finally get down two, one, zero. So when you turn around, oh, my Lord, I'm amazed. Everything looks completely different. Moments ago, there were all these nine kids all around you and everything. And now the whole scene looks different. Everything is so quiet, so peaceful. Now, I realize, okay, now that the objective of hide and seek is is now you got to go and find all the kids that have hidden somewhere. You got to find them and tag them before they can get get to the tree. Right. But let's stop right there with the game. And I want to introduce you to the letter C in our series that we began a while back that we're calling the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. Well, what does C stand for? (laughs) Let me put it to you this way. When you feel like your problems that are all around you are pinning you to the wall, when it seems like no matter which direction you turn, there's another issue staring you right in the face, then sometimes what you need to do is this. You need to simply turn around, close your eyes, and start to counting. (laughs) Somebody said, counting what? Count what? Well, you need to begin counting your blessings. That's right. You need to begin counting your blessings. Begin to look back on what God has done over the years in your life. Begin to reflect upon how he brought you out of very similar situations to what you're dealing with right now. He's done it many times before, right? Ain't that what David did? You remember back in da- back when Goliath came on the scene and and uh I mean David bust up there and and Goliath talking junk to the children of Israel. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting at verse 32, it says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine, with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Listen what David did. He's counting his blessings. 1 Samuel 17, 34. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep 
and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Hmm. Now, take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he's counting his blessings. And as you begin to count your blessings, you begin to see God's faithfulness. You begin to become acquainted again with how faithful God is. And then what happened? Now, now in, with David, here in 1 Samuel, when Goliath, again, he was, he was all up in his face and he was talking junk to all the whole army. 1 Samuel 17, 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. See, and Saul said unto David, Go, <laughs> and the Lord be with you, boy. The Lord be with you. But what is David doing? David counted his blessings and then his faith and his awareness arose up about how faithful God is, about how God brought him out of similar situations and even worse situations in the past. So now David's faith is up there. He's saying, look here, the same God that the same God back then. Oh, I, oh don't, gosh, what's that song say? If he did it before, he would do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. I, I don't have all the words down. I'm a musician, so I listen to music more than I listen to words. But you get what I'm saying, right? These obstacles that may be all around in your life, as you begin to count your blessings, they're no longer going to be dominating your view and influence your perspective. They're no longer going to be dominating your view and influencing your perspective to the same degree. Hmm? See, now you are in a position to act in confidence of the fact that God, your faithful heavenly father, is with you to give you the victory. See, they may, your obstacles are still in your life. Just like when playing hide and seek, when, when, when you turned around, you know, your friends, they were still around. You just, you just couldn't see them. Your perspective had changed. And so same in your life, as you count your blessings, as you reflect back, as you put your focus back upon what God has done, your obstacles may still be in your life, but they ain't dominating your view no more. Hmm? See, you're now in that position to take authority, trusting in God who's going to give you the victory. Real quick, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So that's what I have for you today. We're talking about the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. And today we're hitting on C. C is for count. Let's count some blessings over this weekend. How about it? All right. God bless you. This is Larry Hunter. Five minute inspirations. Thanking God and thanking you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. So you go to the doctor because you're having this real bad stomach pain. You know, you've been having it for days and you decide to go ahead on to the doc. And, uh, you know, you're, you sit in the waiting room, of course, waited for like forever. They finally called you in. And he asked you a series of questions. You answered his questions and he looked you over and, and he was like, okay, I know what this is. You know, this is something that's pretty common around this time of year. 
uh, and he he prescribed to you some medicine, you know, some pills to take. He's you know, and said basically follow the instructions on the pills, and everything should be better within about two three days. You'll notice a significant change. Cool. So you leave from there, and you get on out to Walmart. Go ahead and get your prescriptions filled, and uh, then you go on home, carry on. And man, this pain is still there. And gosh, the next day the pain is still there, and it ain't letting up. Doc said it should be letting up by now, but it ain't letting up at all. So you decide you're going to call him back and you're going to set up another appointment with him and you're about ready to give him a piece of your mind, you know? You know how pain kind of brings out the emotions. It kind of amplifies the emotion, whatever emotion you're having. So you hot now. Got your appointment set up. You go in there and now, you know, you couldn't get the appointment set up for the very moment that you called. So a week later, you're back in the doctor's office. This is your appointment. And, you, you know, you go through the waiting process in the waiting room, take forever, and you just kind of fuming because you're going to tell that doc, what's up? You're hurting. Now, you're going up in there and and uh, you tell him, doc, it's been a week and this pain, it ain't letting up. You told me it should be getting better by now. And the doc says, okay, I understand. Calm down, calm down. And he asks you a question. He says, okay, well, now, did you get the prescriptions filled? that I gave you? Yeah, I left right straight from your office and I went to the Walmart and I got my prescriptions filled. Uh, did you follow the directions on them? Um, direction? Doc backs up. Have you been taking the medication that I prescribed? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I was going to start. I just kind of, well, you know, this came up and, and, and I just, and I never got... Doc says, okay, hold it. There's your problem right there. There's your problem right there. The pills that I prescribed to you, I gave you instructions to take the pills, and then the pills tell you how to take them, but you didn't do it. Okay, so since you didn't do it, then that's the reason why you're not receiving the results that I told you that you would receive. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, I'm sure all of us have done that before along those lines, you know, half taking the medicine, half following the instructions. But what I want to do, we're talking, we're continuing on in our series about the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. And we're on D today. And, well, D stands for do. D stands for do. On over in, in the book of James in chapter 3, the writer was talking about the importance of not only hearing the word, but also being a doer of the word that you're hearing. Let me see if I can sum that up right quick. Over in James chapter 3. Okay, I'm going to start reading that. No, I'm sorry. Mm, oh, it's in James chapter 1 and verse 22. Here we go. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Okay, so what I want you to see in that is this. God has made us a lot of promises of things getting better, of us having success, of us reigning over the enemy, the enemies of life, all of that. He's promised to us some very good things. 
but he's also given us his word and that his word, I look at it as our prescription for life. If we're going to live the life that Jesus promised in John chapter 10 and verse 10, where he says, it says, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy, but I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So there is an abundant life that God has planned for all of his children. And he has given us instructions and he's given us some medicine. <laughs> you know what the medicine is? The medicine is his word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. But what happens a lot of times is that we have the medicine and sometimes we might even read the label. Uh, don't take on an empty stomach. Uh, you know how medicine, I think it's something, something like take take two tablets every every six to six hours and, and you know, stuff like that. So we'll read the word, but many times we don't do what we read. And when we don't get the results that the word promised, we're ready to go to God and say, look, Lord, you're not fair. When the reality a lot of times is that we have not yet formed the habit of doing what we read. So I just want to encourage you as we close, as you're reading the word of God, do what you come across in it. Act in obedience, act in agreement with what the word of God says, and you'll see the results that God promised that you would have. Okay, hang in there with me. We got some more letters to go as we're coming, come, we're covering the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, thanking God and thanking you for giving me yet another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. See you next time. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, and I thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. I'm continuing on in a series that we began a little while back, and we're calling it the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. And what I'm doing, I'm taking each letter of the alphabet from A to Z and just going to talk about some aspect of living a victorious Christian life. Somebody said, he said the faith life. Well, the just shall live by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith is an integral part of us living the kind of life that pleases the Father God. So that's why I'm calling it the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. Okay, so we're talking about different things here, and we're up to E, the letter E today. If you have not heard any of the previous uh, segments in this series, I encourage you by all means to do so, so that you can get caught up with us as we continue to plunge on in and see what our God has for us. <laughs> so I'm telling you this, the E stands for egg. What? <laughs> you know, I was thinking back. Uh, the other day, actually, and I was thinking back to some of the highlights of our childhood. And a few highlights were a couple of highlights that I'll mention, and I'll talk about the second one. The first one was was going trick-or-treating. Good googly-goo, you leave the house with an empty bag, and the goal is to go out and from door-to-door door and collect as much candy as you can. And then come on up home, come on back home and, and eat until you get a stomach ache and your tooth hurts and you can't sleep. You're walking on the walls because you're so hyper. All of that went with it. But that's a memorable, favorable childhood experience that I often reflect upon. <laughs> and another one of those special times was 
around about Easter time, uh, usually some of the churches in the community, sometimes the community center, they would sponsor an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, uh, early in the morning, I reckon early in the morning that we were going to have the hunt. Hunt probably start around about 10 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock. But the parents and different other grown-ups would get there earlier on, and they have all these Easter eggs that they done, you know, of course you boiled them. <laughs> and then you, a lot of them were designed, painted, different colors. And they go out into the big field and stuff and just hide Easter eggs, just hide them, hide them all over the place, right? And so then about time 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock comes, we all show up, the kids show up, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. So we all have our bags and we're ready to go for it, right? Well, <laughs> uh, there are many eggs all around the place, but this is what I want to say. They're hidden from obvious view. I mean, the eggs are out there, but if you just look out over the field or look out over the area where they, where they you know, hit them, you, it looks like nothing is there. To the casual observer, he or she is going to quickly conclude, ain't nothing out here. <laughs> now think about this with me, because many times, many Christians, we sort of live our lives in this way. We're like, okay, I'm going to seek the Lord, but I ain't going to be fanatical or nothing like that. I just don't believe it takes all that. Hmm? Well, that's fine as long as you don't go to complaining when you get back to the house and your brother or your sister has about five times as many Easter eggs as you have, right? See, sometimes we just take a surface look at the Word of God. We just take a, give a surface listening ear to what the preacher is preaching on, at church. We don't really dig deep. We don't really take put forth much effort. And as a result, we get very little results. Oh, that sounded redundant. Well, you know what I mean, right? So see, what I'm saying is that if you are not willing to go all in in pursuing the things of God, then don't be talking down about the ones of us who truly have decided to go for it. See, what you put into it is what you get out of it. <laughs> and I love that because, again, think about it. The grown-ups who hit all them Easter eggs, they did not hide those eggs out in the field with the intention of keeping us from finding them. Guess what? Neither has God hidden his, hidden his blessings and his liberating truths from you in such a way that you won't ever be able to find them. No, it's just that you and I, we're going to have to do a little bit of searching uh, for them promises, for them truths first. Now, there's a scripture I want to read to you, uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, starting at verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Now, check out verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. See, God ain't trying to hide from you. He ain't trying to hide from me. He's there. But if I just take a casual look, it looked like sometimes in my life look like God ain't nowhere to be found. But God has made a promise. I'm here now. I'm here. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. So I, I might be talking to you today, okay? We got to go forward. You got to decide to go all in to the things of God. If you want to see the results that the Word of God promises to you, it won't happen with just a half a commitment. The second thing I wanted to mention real quick, 
see, back at the Easter egg hunt, you know, we all, the kids all lined up and everything, and it's all hot out there. We don't care. We're going to get us some eggs, right? And we're waiting for the whistle to blow or for somebody to say, okay, go, something like that. Well, whenever that does happen, <laughs> if you are slack about getting started, then if, if you don't get started right when, you know, the jump off point, whatever they do to get us going, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be harder for you to find any eggs if you don't get started right at the beginning. Because everybody else that did get started, they done took all of the ones that were easy to find. And now it's still some more out there, but it's going to be a little more difficult to find. Right? So it's important to get started early. Right? For many of us, you got to confess it, and I can confess it too. If we don't set aside time with God at the start of the day, then we usually don't really get much from our time with them. Because now, if we don't do it like at the beginning of the day, there's all this other stuff that, that's going on in our minds that we're thinking about and that's trying to distract us away from giving our attention to, to God's Word and to listening to Him. And truth be told, on some days, we don't even manage to ever get into the presence of God at all. Now, that shouldn't be, but that's the truth. That's the, that's the reality, right? Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6, God gives us another promise. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Somebody say that's not a promise. Okay, but just let's, let's look at the insight that it gives us. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And, and for a lot of us, that has to be first thing in the morning before everything else gets to going in our minds. Let's seek the Lord. He's there. And he's not hiding from you. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to minister to you. Call upon him. He is near. Okay? All right. Well, that's what I have for you. I want that to be an encouragement to you. Not a condemnation, but an encouragement to you. You get out of your Christian walk what you put into it. And if you're half-hearted with your commitment to, you know, you're just going to look over the field and you're going to conclude there ain't really no eggs out here, ain't really no blessings out here, you're just going to take a glance at the, at the Bible, you're just going to take a glance at a promise out of the promise box, and you're going to say, hey, it don't take all that, it ain't really a whole lot out here. Uh-uh, I'm telling you, from experience also, Get all the way into the things of God. Pour your heart out unto God. First uh, Timothy, Second uh, Timothy four fifteen says, "Oh gosh, what does it say? I don't have my Bible right here before me." Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear before all. Take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you shall save both yourself. And those who are hearing you. So see, God's saying, look, throw yourself all the way in this thing. And that's when you'll be able to make a valid assessment as to whether it's worth it to walk with God. Going to leave it right there for the second time. God bless you. I hope this has ministered to you. Let me hear from you. I appreciate those of you who have been letting me hear from you. And uh, I wish you a blessed day. Looking forward to being you with, the, with you the next time as we continue in our series, The ABC to the XYZ of the Faith Life. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, thanking you, thanking God for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. So back in the day when I was in high school, the rules were a little different than they are now. They actually would allow us students to train to drive a bus, a school bus. 
and hey, I took the training and I actually drove a school bus from the tenth from my tenth grade year all the way through to when I graduated. You know, and it was a trip because <laughs> the training, whoo Lord. Okay, so we had to go out at a certain time per day, you know, after we had done the written part of the training. Okay, we gotta go out and do some driving for several days. And we the time that we would have to go out driving is at lunchtime. And so the, the instructor would take us all to the bus garage. And the bus garage was on this highway, a six-lane highway. I think it had a middle lane in between, too. Yeah, six-lane highway, very, I mean, three lanes going both ways, very busy highway, and it's, it's kind of like on a curve. So you turn into the bus garage, and then, you know, me and the couple other people that were training with me, we had to take turns, of course. The, per, the first person had to pull out of the garage and make a left turn onto this busy highway with three lanes going both ways and then a lane in the middle. That was terror for me. Do you know why it was so, woo, Lord Jesus. You know, I would have to be in the middle lane and I just could not keep that bus in that middle lane. I can't tell you why not. I don't know. Uh, and, and you know, my, the driver's instructor kept saying, stay in your lane. Don't go out of your lane. Don't go out of your lane. You know, so I'm regularly going out of the lane. I go out of the lane to the right and then I correct myself and I'm going over into the other lane onto the left. What is going on here? Well, I finally put together what was happening. See, the driver, I mean, the, the, the instructor, he was just regular telling me that I needed to don't go across that line. I told you, son, don't go across that line. Guess what I'm looking at? I'm looking at the line. And guess where the bus is going? The bus is going over the line. Hmm. Reminds me of a story in the Bible. Remember in Matthew chapter 14 where where you know the, the disciples were in the boat, the boat storm going on. Jesus comes walking on water. Peter looks out there. Hey, Lord, that you? If that's you, let me invite me to come out there. And so the Bible says that Jesus said, "Come." And it says in in uh Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to pick it up at about verse verse 29. Jesus said, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But, okay, let me pause right there. Let's go over that again. And he said, come. And when Peter was come out of the ship, he, talking about Peter, walked on the water to go to Jesus. See, we give Peter a bad rap. We'd be like, oh, man, where was his faith at, man? How come he couldn't just walk until he got to Jesus? What in the world? Like we would have done any better, right? But we, you know, when you hear the story, you hear about how Jesus asked Peter, why did you doubt, man? What's wrong with you? And we just give him a bum rap. But look at what it says again in verse 29. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, you know the end of the story. Peter ended up kind of going on down. It says, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? So see, what do we have going on here? We got the same thing going on with Peter that went on with me when I was trying to keep that bus in the center lane. What was happening with me? Remember, the driver was saying, I mean, the instructor was telling me, you don't want to get out of your lane. You don't want to go to the right. You don't want to cross over into the other person's lane. So all what happened is my focus was upon the line that I was not supposed to go over. And I couldn't keep the bus in the center lane. 
my focus needed to be ahead and in my lane, then I would have been able to keep the bus in my lane better. Peter, initially his focus was on Jesus. Lord, that's you? Yeah, that's you, Lord. Lord, if that's you, tell me, come on up out there. And, and Jesus said, come on. So here he's, as he was focused on Jesus, he's, it said he came out of the boat and he was walking on the water to go to Jesus. His focus was straight. But then it goes on to say again in verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was, uh, what happened? He changed his focus. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. Help me. Thank you. Help me, Lord. See, same thing happens with you and with me. See, we're talking in this series, the ABC to the XYZ of the faith walk. F stands for focus. And I want to encourage you in this little brief segment here today. What is it that you stepped out and you believe in God for? What are you trusting God to do? And more important than that, where is your focus? See, you may be having a rough time uh, doing what you know you should be able to do, what God's put in your heart to do. Where is your focus? Has your focus changed? And I guarantee you that if you'll correct your focus, make sure your focus is on God, make sure your focus on what his word has said to you, then it's going to keep you moving forward and not running off the side of the road or running out of your lane. Okay. <laughs> That's what I got for you today. This is Larry Hunter, five minute inspirations. We're continuing on in our series, the ABC to the XYZ of the faith walk. And if you've missed any of these segments, please go back and take a listen at them. Thank you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. See you next time. Bye-bye.